What's up, guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 170. I like the sound of that. Don't you? Why? 170. That sounds big. We got there. We got there in the end. Got to do a celebration when we get to 200. It's going to take us about 20 years. I know. <laughs> um, and it's me, of course, Matty Boy Whitmore, with the one and only Keris Marsden. How what? do? Odo Wagwan. Well, I don't know what to say when you say that. Well, it's just what's like, what, what's going on? How are you? Just doing a podcast with you. You are, All you? good. All good. All I good. like it. Um, so here we are, guys. 170. We're going to talk about a very, 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 very important subject today. We are indeed. Men's health. Yeah. Something that I think needs more discussion. Mm. That's why this, we're actually going to do one on friendship, weren't we? Well, a, I read an article on this it. This was the the kind of the catalyst, if you will, for this episode, because we were talking about, well... Why Matt's I, got no friends. I often say, like, <laughs> I haven't really got any friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard being me um, But that's not necessarily a bad thing Because I, I suppose you could argue That I, I choose not to have many friends like yeah. my, my circle is very small If you will um, But it kind of went on to Literally because you do prefer hanging around With like most of our friends' kids Yeah Because <laughs> you like the trampolines, the football Great fun <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like um, We were saying like you know when you move to a new area and the older you get and stuff like that, we've mentioned this before, like it's, it's almost harder to, to make friends as well. Yeah. And yeah, you know, we bump into people, we get chatting with them on dog walks and stuff like that. And, but it never really kind of like materializes into a, to a friendship as such, does yeah. it? And and then you had read an article, hadn't you? I've got it with me. Cause it oh, had so okay. many good, good facts. So we thought we would do an episode just talking about the, this article that was in the Times at the weekend. Well, actually, can, can I just quickly say before we do get onto that, okay. like you know, we are talk, we are going to talk about men's health, but I think what's really important is that just like we've always said before, you know, health is so multifaceted. Like there's so much to consider when we think of health. And if you look at, I mean, things are changing now for sure, but I think back to when the earlier days of when I was reading like men's health magazine and things like that, men's health was very much like lift weights, oh, five foods that boost testosterone, Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. last longer in bed, <laughs> all of these kind of things, yeah. you know what I mean? But what more could you want out of yeah, life? <laughs> sounds great. My testosterone's through the roof. I've got massive biceps and I'm lasting ages. Happy days. <laughs> I am a god. Um, but I think now, like, there is much more focus on mental health. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and like, you know, and we're just going to, I think, cover the, the the full shebang today. And I suppose, you know, I, as a man myself, I'm in a good position to give my take on I, I suppose the, some of the battles that I've had from a mental health perspective and you know like we said like making friends and, and that kind of stuff and, yeah well the reason that we've and you're absolutely right so men's health is about more than just looking at things like everyone associates you know straight away goes to testosterone for example mm. or looking at your your fitness and, and your your physique and that's kind of we are going to touch upon those subjects today and talk about them but that the article itself I've often discussed with you like social health and how important it is yeah. and how both of us, especially over the years running a business, is a lot easier to kind of just 
focus on working and it does consume all of your energy and headspace and some and you don't really want to socialize at the end of all of that and over time we've noticed ourselves getting more and more insular and kind of looking forward to people canceling plans like not really making an effort yeah. to make plans our friends book up like especially friends with kids they'll book up like months and months in advance and so when we do find we've got a free weekend and we can't you know we're like come back to work let's go and do something everyone's booked up so we're like oh okay which is fair play because you know what i mean like (laughs) you'd be like oh uh, what are you doing on uh, this weekend the 12th they're like 2023 and they're like oh no i am available on the 12th but yeah 2023 yeah and so there isn't many much spontaneity and then when like you said we've moved around so there isn't many people that we know in our locality that's changed slightly but the, the article that i read kind of triggered a discussion between me and you because it's about friendships and loneliness, but it being much of a bigger problem for men. And it was mm. written by a male journalist. It was really interesting because it's something that, you know, over time you've, you've said that statement to me, like, you know, I don't have many friends and you actually do like, you know, over the, over the years, there isn't many people that you haven't worked and hung out with that you've ended up becoming friends with. But what you don't do is actually kind of nurture those friendships necessarily. And no. actually this is quite a male thing yeah. that you don't make much of an effort to, especially with some of them, their kind of routine is about some of them work together, your mates, don't they? And they go to the pub every mm. you know, Thursday, Friday after work. You're not part of that circle no. and you're not that interested in going to the pub because you're up really early at six o'clock to train, you know, in the morning. So it's kind of once in a while. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But not, that's not your regular thing. And you certainly wouldn't get blotto like all of them not do as well. No. So after over time, you've been like, um, you know, I ain't going. And, and then you've kind of tried to get into other kind of groups, but it is really hard. And if you don't click with people quite quickly as an adult, you know, you're not seeing them on a regular basis. You made a choice to maybe go to test out a football team, for example. And if mm. you didn't hit it off with a few people instantly and didn't like the coach or anything, which you've done that again as well, haven't you? You yeah. kind of experiment with joining a football team, but you were like, no, I'm not sure. It's well, I joined, I joined the football team, but I was like <laughs> the oldest one there by far. And they were all going out boozing afterwards yeah. again. <laughs> 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 oh, mate, should have seen me on Saturday night. All these little lads. <laughs> oh, mate, I pulled about 20 birds, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You could go and join them. <laughs> I'll show you boys that it's really done. Yeah. <laughs> watch our master at work. <laughs> I'll stay with Hamish and watch back to back Motherland quite happily in chocolate. Don't have to watch. I can't even believe, can I just say, by the way, that you made me watch Aquaman this week saying it was an amazing film. And it's like two and a half hours. I mean, I quite like a Marvel film or whatnot. Mm. Is it Marvel? I don't it's even not. know. How but rude. I know. It's DC. Is it? Right. Well, I don't even know. Sometimes they're good, but honestly, that was just. I, th- I thought you'd just appreciate lost. it just for how I am after he had his top off. I've got that at home. I don't need that on screen. Oh, <laughs> anyway, right, we'll read this article. But two and a half hours of that cack, honestly. Why are we talking about that? Because I'm saying you, can, you go out on the pull. That's absolutely fine by me because I'm going to stay All in right. and watch decent TV with Hamish. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I was thinking like Saturday night, I'm going to let him have the choice of film. Two and a half hours though. Anyway, uh, <laughs> right, Okay. So first of all, the question in the article, which was about um, that we have an epidemic of loneliness. This could apply to women as well. In fact, everything we're talking about yeah, could apply course, to women absolutely. today as well. But we have at the moment... But us, us men need some attention too. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we're going to do today. Give you some attention. So there's an epidemic of loneliness that's going on at the moment. The UK is in a grip of an epidemic of loneliness. I'll just repeat that. Okay. <laughs> 20% of adults under 35 have no or one friend. How many friends do you think you have, Matt? I don't know. I definitely, well, I have, I definitely have more than one. <laughs> I might count it as one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one more than me. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, the number of people who report feeling lonely has risen um, in the past year from 5% to 7.2%, which is an extra 1.1 million people in the UK. And what they've said is that men, this is more in America where they've actually started asking men about, you know, friendships, are suffering from a friendship recession. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Friendship recession. The American Enterprise Institute, which found that the number of men with at least half a dozen close friends had halved from 55% to 27%. As far as single men are concerned, 20, 20%, one in five, had no friends at all. So we thought this was quite interesting. And so it's, I should just say that there's, um, the author is of this article or was interviewed in this article is Billy Baker. And he's written a book called We Need to Hang Out, which is how oh, you just wish he was called Billy. He's <laughs> doing what? His name is Billy Baker and he's written a book called We Need to Hang Out about loneliness. Yeah. Like, well, how could he not give himself an author name of Billy No Mates? Like <laughs> I'd, I'd imagine Billy No Mates is You wouldn't a, is buy the book though, would you? But it's also it's quite a British term, it's I think. A British name. I can't imagine I don't know. You look majorly <laughs> unimpressed when I said that. Anyway. <laughs> he's talking about he went off and he did loads of research. Again, this is mainly in America about men kind of reporting loneliness and why. And a few of the things that he discovered are what we've kind of touched upon already, which is that men tend to make friends when they're participating in some kind of activity together. So, for example, you're at school with your mates, sports teams, university mates, yeah. work, work colleagues. And then if you do something in your spare time, so it could be kind of some gym class or something mm. like that. And then if that falls off, they don't continue with the friendship. So yeah. they don't nurture it, like we just said. Yeah. They don't ring each other. They don't, you know, hook up on a regular basis. And then therefore it becomes, it's, it's an inconvenient in a way to, or you've got to go out of your way to, to you know, kind of meet that person and, and men just don't do it. And if you look around at us and even our friendship groups, I'm not even great with this kind of stuff, but I'm way better than you, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Um, in terms of just, you know, texting a friend, reaching out, saying let's have a FaceTime or a Zoom when I walk the dog and things like that, whereas you tend to ring like your closest friends on their birthdays and things like that. So it is yeah. annual, literally. And the other pattern that is, is common is that women tend to organise the social scene. Yeah. And, you know, it might be also around the children as well, as we mentioned before. So you are happy to just go along with that. So whatever I say, I've organised this weekend, or we're meeting up with so-and-so for a roast, or we're going to my parents, we're going to go and see your yeah. mum. Even, like, I take over... Yes. Sometimes plans with your mum. Yes, we are. <laughs> you just go on there. <laughs> so you almost have a false sense of having a social life that mm. I've kind of organised for you, but they are your friends as well. Many yeah, of them, yeah, of course. We yeah. have mutual friends, of course. But what I'm, what that kind of also is, it's a bit like you're a personal trainer for someone and you're doing the press ups for them. Do you see what I mean? And therefore you're not going out of your comfort zone and like ringing people and, and hooking up. And yeah, yeah. The reason this is really important is because there's so much more research now just talking about inflammation on your, on your immune system needing social connections. Mm -hmm. So social isolation is, is, is associated with actually lots of different chronic inflammatory conditions and immune dysregulation, but also a rise in inflammation, which would have a really negative effect on your health and possibly yeah. cause or contribute or drive mental health, anxiety, kind of, you know, even like depressive disorders or just feelings of, you know, we could just call it feeling low, yeah, which yeah. is something that I would say is becoming much more apparent in my male client base. So over time, I've noticed kind of trends in that men are kind of, you know, booking in for nutritional therapy, sometimes because they're overweight, sometimes because they're looking at wanting to perform better at sport. But in the background, they'll often comment on the fact that they suffer from some kind of mood related yeah. issues. And it's often why they're training and trying to lose a bit of weight to see if it will help. And it, and it, it often does if it's done in the right way. Yeah, yeah. So 
Again, I think this is very common with men that they just will fall into someone else organizing their, their yeah. social life for them. No, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think also, what did you say the age was? It was 35 where they were talking about men under the age of mm. uh, 35 and under have one or no friends. Yeah. So I was thinking like... I think those older would be more of a case for that. But, yeah, I was yeah. going to say like there's probably, probably another study that's done something like that. But I was also going to say like I think as you do get a little bit older into your 30s and by that point a lot of people have married or have got a long-term partner or have got children because I've had this. I mean, I don't have uh, kids, but... <laughs> you know of. <laughs> that I know of, no. Um <laughs> Or a wife, yeah, yeah. All right. Or fiance. All right. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. But I've had moments, haven't I, where I and I've openly said to you, like I've almost felt a bit regretful in a way of of the the decisions that I've made in the past. You know, in terms of like that that have kind of decided the direction of of my life and. Not 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 drastically, you know, like, but more so, you know, I often think, oh, you know, I, I never went to university. Did I miss out on developing like a lot of friendships there? Because I, I often speak to people that have been to uni. It's like, oh, yeah, uni mate, you know, uni mate, like, and they still catch up with them now type thing. And I don't know, like, and that's even from like a business perspective, I often think about like, I wish I'd applied myself a little bit more at sport. Maybe I could have got further there. Even now, sometimes I think, why didn't I get into CrossFit sooner? Because I could have been really good at it. You know, that. whereas like now I feel like that ship's sailed type thing. I think what I'm saying is I think you get to an age where I think you just start almost like overanalyzing your past a little bit and, and maybe reflecting a little bit too much and not necessarily in a positive way. So you're having like more and more regrets and I think just to go back to the friendship thing I'm going to finish a few points on that in a second but I think what you're essentially saying is the problem is with age is you could easily fall into a habit where you've either got no friendship kind of or, or, or friendships that you actually really feel are true because you can fall into hanging out with people just for the sake of it because you don't want to be on your own it's like a friendships of convenience can't you mm. Or you've got partners or your kids kind of organising these friendships for you, in which case you're showing up. But is it true quality time for you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. it might be someone that I get on better with and and I like hanging out with more. And maybe you don't necessarily get on with them or the partner. So you're there, but it's not, again, something that's really floating your boat. But I think also as you age, you're then, it's, it's I see this a lot in, in guys that I know, you start to question your kind of enjoyment of life. And if you if you don't really enjoy what you're doing at the weekends and your spare time, free time, if you haven't got these quality relationships in your life, you might love your partner, but it's not always enough. And we've mentioned that before. Yeah. And then you don't have hobbies and things that you're excited about doing outside of work. Then your life becomes work and jobs. Yeah. It becomes the domestics. It becomes the financial responsibilities. Now, if that's going to crap as well, then life gets pretty shitty because there's no release. There's nothing to kind of escape all of this stuff. And I think it all begins to accumulate and has this massive impact on mental and emotional health. And this yeah. is when we can start to say, oh, I think I've got depression, but I don't think it is always the case of that. We can't measure this. This is the thing, you know, in terms of, yes, we could look at brain chemicals and imbalances, but actually if you ask an individual, well, if you don't like your job, you're not really that impressed with your social life. You don't feel like you've got any friends. You know, the hobbies that you want to do, maybe you don't have time for, the money for, or you don't have the access to, um, or you don't do them frequently enough. Then it's no wonder that the feedback from your body or your brain or whatever is just like feeling a bit low, a bit mid yeah. all the time. And I think as you get older, 
you know, I've talked to you before about my clients say I'm doing the death math, like how long have we been here for? How long have we got mm. left? Yeah, yeah. And that triggers a depression in them because they're like, I'm not sure if I've ever got like, you know, how many decades, but I ain't enjoying the ride. And mm. I'm not sure that it's going to get any better. I can only see it getting worse. So you begin to kind of catastrophize a little bit, you know, around that. And I think it's very easy to reflect back and blame yourself and think that you made these mistakes. You're here in this position, but you do start to have a bit of a, a crisis, maybe of identity as well, because yeah, what, what, sure. what were you here for? What legacy are you leaving? And I think this is, you know, for men in their thirties, forties, fifties, this is when I see it become kind of like a really difficult, I don't know, I suppose a difficult process to go through, but unlike women who I think are better at verbalizing some of this stuff, men don't. And you, mm. I'm good. Uh, so I'm good. I mean, I'm lucky in that you <laughs> are, you wear uh, loads of my friends have always said this garden, Matt wears his heart on his sleeve. Like you do verbalize quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, and you, <laughs> you pull faces like you're doing now. So I can kind of read you. And I know when you're kind of sat there thinking about like steak for dinner or you're something bigger, like your yeah. eyes give a lot away, but yeah, a but lot I, of men don't. No, no, for sure. Like I'm definitely more of an open book than the most men, but I've always been like that. Cause I've always, I suppose because I'm just Why is quite... that? Why is that, do you think? Do you know what? Like, I know it sounds like I'm sure many can relate to this, but when I was younger, and you know when, like, you've played up and, you know, like, you, you know, you, your mum's had a go at you or something like yeah. that. And my mum would always kind of say, like, let never go to bed on bad terms. Oh. You know, like, yeah. you know, like always whatever it was you know just do your apologies make it right before you go to bed because heaven forbid if anything happens you don't want this to be the last thing to see what I mean yeah the last interaction so like I suppose like in a way it's almost like that planted this seed of kind of always talk just always talk always be open be honest and you know just 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 let your feelings let your feelings be known type type thing. Yeah. And um, and I suppose also explain why you're very good at explaining. We all have fights, but then we'll explain why we came from such a bad place at that time. To, yeah. Because yeah. if you were going to not go to bed on an argument, you've got to say why you were. Yeah. Well, I don't why think, were you a dick? Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's why I was a dick. <laughs> um, but no, but like, yes, yeah, so I think that's, that's definitely part of it. And I think it's just in my DNA as well. Like I've always been, I've never been one to to keep things to myself, you know, like I'm... Do you think it's also because you were, you didn't have your dad around, so you've got your nan and granddad, mm-hmm. and so you were watching interactions between people, I suppose, and then you've got your mum, so more of a female energy. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So there's, maybe, yeah. You know, you've got the like, kind yeah, of... I've definitely got, you know, probably had more like female influence in yeah. my growing up than... Than, than male and you know always you know still am obviously very close to my mum and you know I've always been incredibly close to to my nan and granddad but you know of course my granddad isn't here anymore but so I'd say yeah that's that probably plays a a role as well but in a way like I know like even like you know like previous girlfriends have always said you know like like you always I always know where I stand with you because like you always you know you don't internalize yeah so it's almost like like if if i say say something's okay like they know it's okay because if i didn't think something was okay i wasn't happy about something i'd say it yeah do you know what i mean i don't don't kind of like keep that in and pretend if you if you know what i mean but i think this is a big issue in the in the subject on the subject of men's health because when i speak to friends about this they often talk about their partners not talking about problems mm. and they have to be almost kind of like they have to beat it out of them. They know something's wrong. Yeah. Everyone picks up, you know, 
intuitive people are good at picking up when something's wrong with someone oh, yeah. else. And often it comes out some other way, like you're just a bit ratty about, you know, I don't know, just unloading the shop in or do you know what I mean? Like the laptop breaks and you just have an overreaction to that. And it's a sign that there's something else kind of going on yeah. inside. And so you can pick up on that with someone, but often it's quite hard trying to get them. And I think that this comes from, and I hope this changes in future, an expectation that men shouldn't express emotion, vulnerability, weakness, yeah. cry, you know, say that they feel low, depressed, unhappy. And we were talking about, you know, the whole of society is shifting slightly. We've mentioned this before on the podcast. And so there isn't the same kind of roles for men and women now. There isn't the same, you know, that used to be a bit more kind of, I suppose the the physicality of a lot of roles were designated towards men because it involved, you know, like strength and labor and things like that. And yeah. anything that was a little bit more maybe kind of creative or typically feminine, you know, looking after caring was, was female based. And that's yeah. all started to switch and move around. But I think it's also caused some people to feel a bit lost and some, you know, many opportunities have changed for, for men and women and some are, are disappearing. Mm. And if that's all you know that you're good at and it's disappearing because of advanced in technology, I think, again, you get that crisis of, of identity, confidence, yeah. what will I do going forward? And I think the world has also become a bit more confusing for certain generations, you know, yeah. uh, in that if it's becoming more tech-based and online and, and flashy, if you don't feel that you can be part of that, you know, in any way, it's, it's not part of your, you know, maybe it's just not something that you want to do again, you're being left behind. And I think segregated slightly away from, yeah. from things. No, for sure. It's like, a very interesting time. And I think like, you know, like as like, you know, statistics show that, you know, most suicides are in men, Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, we, we, we can't ignore that. There, there's something going on and, what it is exactly, I don't know. I do think it's not verbalizing. I think it's definitely a part of it, 100%. And I think like, I think as men, you know, and, and we all do it, but, and I've spoken about this before, I think we put certain pressures on ourselves, especially when you're in a relationship. And and like I've said before, you know, I've always, not that I expect Keris to just stay at home and sit on her ass all day, but I've always said that I want you to feel like you're taken care of. I want you to feel secure and looked after, you know what I mean? And, and even though like you'll say, but I don't need looking after like, you know, like it's, it's just how I feel. Like I want, I want to kind of protect you if you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's that kind of feeling like, cause it's like, this is my family. I want, I want my family to be okay. And I put this pressure on myself. So when I feel like it's not okay, like I, I take responsibility yeah. Yeah. almost subconsciously. And, but equally, you know, I'm very, I'm open with you. I'll be like, you know, like, look, you know, like we need, might need to cut back on this, you know, we might need to cut back on that because our expenses this month are a little bit more because we have this work done or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. But. And interesting, like, that, that can become a, a cause. I think we've, we've observed this in partners where they're not having that dialogue and yeah. talking about money. And one is. Because financial spending. stress is a big cause oh, like, of, a, of, of suicide. Yeah. It's, it's financial. But worry. I would say disease full stop. Yeah, because yeah. I see. You know, some of our friends that we know as partners, we'll see like I'll walk, for example, with one, like maybe the woman or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I brought this and did this. I'm spending money on this. And I'll be like, oh, wow, gosh, yeah. yeah. And I know how expensive. So many of my friends are kind of nutritionists or health enthusiasts and they're mm. you know, buying expensive leggings and gym membership and stuff like that. And then you'll walk with the partner who's going, God, we're in dire straits financially, you know, the other yeah. half. And I'm like, well, then why are you letting them spend all this money? But, but this is a thing, like, you know, like I've, you know, I've, because I've, but they feel they have to allow them to exactly, have every exactly. It's almost like I'm, 
but if I if I tell them to spend less, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing my duty by providing type thing. And you know, I had a friend of mine who was like in a real state about it, yeah, and, yeah. and kind of said to me, like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm literally like working myself to the bone to kind of like to to pay for everything every month, and literally just it comes in and it all goes, and then I go again, and then I've got all these bills to pay, and and this that, and the other. And I'm like, yeah, but have you? actually spoken to your wife about this no no i can't i couldn't possibly it's like like, it's failure as well there yeah Yeah. it's almost yeah it's it's like yeah it's it's almost like to him he's admitting failure he's like i've let you down i've found you and to a degree i I get it i totally get it because i would i don't like saying to you like you know like oh kerry it's like can you i don't know trying to think of something that you know i'm quite lucky you're not an extravagant person not you know, not food, food and supplements. Food, yeah. yeah. I'm like, can we just ring the subs in a bit this month? <laughs> like, less, less pills, <laughs> please. Less number. Um, yeah, like, yeah, not by blimey. No, that is <laughs> so, an yeah. expense. Cool, blimey. What I don't understand is, like, for my birthday, you've never brought me nut bar. Like, you could just buy me. Look, it's could lovely that you brought me some. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get you like, I'm going to buy Honestly, straight from the source. Yeah. Buy like 100 kilos worth. Buy me a peanut farm. What if I bought you a nut butter machine? <laughs> no, because I don't want to make, make it myself. Why not? You just, you just put them in the top and it comes out of the bottom as, as a nut butter. cooking. True say. But you could just buy me a Pippa Nut cool. Farm or something. Um, I'll buy you shares in Pippa Nut yeah, if they ever definitely. go public. How about yeah, that? That's um, but that's what I'm saying about because as a present. You could get me something that crap. I'll just write this down for next year. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, like, I don't like to have to say that to you, but I'm like, but I have to have that conversation. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and but like I said, I, I do, I do get it to a degree. And and again, this kind of goes back to that thing of opening up a little bit more, which isn't easy all the time because it can be applied to absolutely anything. But I just think the more you internalize things, the bigger they become. And I think that's the a very quick way for small things to become big things. And when you take a lot of small things and you put them together, they can they can take over. When oh, they can come, you know, become very big, very intimidating. When I was going to say, when I do, um, you know, like a client's timeline, and you're kind of building up to like when they fell ill, and it could be any type of different condition, mm. like eczema, um, you know, even cancer and things like that. And I go back through the client and I say, like, can you tell me, you know, a little bit of like what happened before you were, you know, had your diagnosis? And sometimes you can actually hear the stress story just snowball, you yeah. know, like along, and it will be like, oh well. We, my wife wanted this house renovation. So we, we got out a big loan and we've started this big build. And yeah. then I got made redundant and then she was pregnant. And then you're just like, it's the wife's fault. <laughs> so it's, it's nobody's fault, Itcher. but the man has become like the like sole responsible person, like the sole the person responsible for resolving yeah. this situation. And, and it's sometimes it has been in one of my cases, cancer diagnosis. Like, so it, you can see, just how much that overwhelm can generate, mm. changes your biochemistry, generates inflammation. And, you know, there's a predisposition. I'm not saying that I'll ever be able to, you know, prove that cause, but it is out there that stress causes cancer, heart disease, you know, it's changed your blood pressure oh, and like it will drive inflammation. We can't deny that stress. Like, it's a killer, isn't it? Of course it is. Because it's not like it's just stress in itself. It's like when you're stressed, it leads to excess drinking yeah yeah, yeah. comfort so eating direct effect. less sleep yeah yeah maybe as a knock-on effect to that you exercise like you know what i mean maybe it's, you exercise too much yeah. to try to outtrain the stress you exactly. know so exactly. there's loads of ways that it affects the men. list goes on yeah definitely but i was also going to say we talked this morning about 
um, as well as this kind of going on in the background. And I think hopefully more support will come from a kind of mental, emotional element, you know, aspect from, and I, I love that you're seeing more celebrities, sports professionals talk about this. I've seen more men cry on TV mm. and, and kind of get really open about their battles. And I think that really helps to normalize it. I cry quite so like you, you do cry quite a lot. You cry more than me, I think sometimes. I'm a sensitive soul. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, I'm that guy, you know, I, I probably... I'm the first one to cry when we're watching something. Yeah, yeah, you are. No, no, we both cry at the same time, I would say. But you'll cry a lot just kind of reminiscing and talking about things that are, you're, you know, really yeah. personal to you and you'll get upset. And you've always, like, cried if you're upset about a situation. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because I think people look at you on social media and see you, like, swinging your kettlebells around, got, like, you know, half-decent physique. And I think and they, they they make this assumption and judgment about you. <laughs> Charming. They make an assumption and judgment about you that, that everything's fine and perfect. Yeah. And I know, and you've been very He's old as nails. <laughs> <laughs> you've been over on this podcast that it's not like that at all. And no. we've had some genuine, like, you know, real battles with, with running businesses and, and confidence crisis online. And like, should we even be doing this anymore? Are we yeah. out for this? And it's, it's definitely not been like smooth you know smooth running we have many regrets about things that we've done with our business and decisions that we've made as well and i think it's quite important that people hopefully get both sides mm. of the story listening to when we talk on our lives and, and blogs and things like that and don't just see you know the show reel the good bits which is when you train it looks like life's good and why you know that yeah. that guy wants for nothing but what's also really interesting is when i watch other men interact with you when we go and meet new people go into new environments i see them judge you straight away and i see this kind of like almost like a peacocking effect like behavior that starts out and it's really interesting i've had it occasionally as a female sometimes in classes and stuff someone next to you in a gym class or yoga class is like oh you know i'm gonna be better than you type thing you know yeah. that almost kind of instantly doesn't want to like you because of how you look and maybe because you look strong and someone to kind of compete against but I think what's kind of interesting with you is I see this desire. We've seen it on even courses that we've gone on for people to belittle you and, and ridicule you like straight away. And it's really interesting. It's almost, it, I don't want to say that it comes from jealousy, but it comes from jealousy. Like it really does. It's almost like, well, you must rate yourself. You look like that. You must be, you know, you must be taking down a peg or two. And I yeah. think that's such a shame in terms of male to male interaction when deep down inside you're like does anyone want to be my friend like literally yeah. that's all that's coming out is that yeah. <laughs> would you like a sleep <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only energy that you're giving out but it's so interesting that what gets thrown at you first which i think makes it harder for men to make friends is what i was yeah. trying to say i think yeah. there's a little bit of like trying to kind of i don't know i don't know and it, there's not so much kind of like do you want to go for a coffee i mean i'm bad at that like i find that intimidating in case someone says no to say do you want to go for a mm. coffee or do you want to come for dinner? Like, what if they go, no, you weirdo. But I think it's a lot harder for men because there isn't even that sometimes initial friendliness, despite that two of you could get on like a household fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, a, it is a tough one. And I mean, like, you know, I think when you are younger or when you are, I mean, it is a little bit different now because I mean, I must admit like to, to rewind a little bit, like when I think of when I was playing rugby, you know, it was, it was great because I was playing a sport that I loved, you know, uh, there was the so massive social element to it as well, you know, after training, after games. And genuinely, I was very, very lucky, like, you know, like my, especially in my rugby league days, like I loved every single one of them boys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it was a, a genuine, like there wasn't one player that I didn't get on with, you yeah. know, and it was a, always a great vibe when we were together. But, but saying that I was never as sociable as some of the other guys, you know, I'd, I'd be, I'd be the one to say like no to, 
to more social things than some of the others. And, but, but then, you know, I've always enjoyed my own company as well. So that's why when I said earlier, like I haven't got many friends, it's not necessarily a bad thing because to a degree, I quite like it that way because I'm, I'm quite happy on my Todd. When we've you know talked I mean? about it, like you've reinforced that over the years. And I know that like when I was working weekends lecturing, you'd be like, I'm quite happy, you know, like yeah. I'm going to plan my, I'll do a bit of work and I'm going to plan an evening, like chilling and watching films and stuff. And I know, and you were genuine about that. Like you, you your job is also interactive. So you're talking to clients yeah, and, for and sure. you're kind of online and stuff. So you're doing a lot of interaction in your day. And I think it's quite natural if you have that, that when you're, when you're, your downtime is maybe just you. And, yeah. but when I read this article, it kind of reminded me of the fact that it's not always that healthy because it also no, means no. that most of the time you're either work working, you're in your own thoughts or you've got me rabbiting in your ear. And yeah. so for other men out there, I think if you're not kind of having that proactive social life, it does, it's going to be the same for you in that you're either you're in work mode or you're kind of listening to your own chatter in mind, or you've got, you know, your partner, which, you know, may be lovely and perfect. Yeah. I know I am those things, Yes, yeah, absolutely, yes. <laughs> but it's not healthy. No. in that if I'm having a bad day and like taking out on you or my stress becomes your stress and I think you need that break from from me from work and from mm. your own chatter in mind everybody yeah, yeah, does I definitely noticed kind of hooking up with so one thing that this article said was about men trying to actually set up like try and find a group of mates that are interested in the same thing. And this is what the author of the book did. And he went off and basically said, right, Wednesday night. I did want to kind of, I did have something else I was getting on to. Let me finish my velvet hook and then you oh, can tell me. I haven't actually finished what I was saying, but carry on. <laughs> I just want to finish the friendship bit. All right. And then he was saying that he'd started this kind of like informal group, asking people just around him in his network that he had encountered. But a lot of them, he said it was way out of his comfort zone. It was almost weird to say, do you want to come on a Wednesday night? We're going to light a fire, have a barbecue and maybe do a little bit of like Frisbee or something like that. Yeah. And um, and it, it basically built and built to like 20 people. But then then people would meet outside this group. So a few of them started running together. A few went fishing together. And he said, another thing that you've got to learn to do is one of my mates loves fishing. And he said, I hate it. But actually, I go fishing with him now because it's a couple of hours sitting with him chatting. It doesn't matter that I don't like fishing. But, you know, almost being too fussy about yeah. what you're doing when really we should just start rocking up to stuff. This is all of us, not just men. We should start yeah. rocking up to opportunities to meet people. You may not get on with everybody there, but you may form, you know, like a little splinter group and you go you go off and, and do your own things. But I think what's kind of important is that you get out of your, your status quo, your norm and your experience to other, mm. other people and opinions and, and kind of, and physical activities. And I think what yeah, you were saying sure. that the velvet hook is this kind of soft hook in of, of an activity that could link you all together and become the regular meetup. Yeah. And then from there you can establish, you know, kind of who wants to stay involved, get involved and, and who doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just a really nice article to read. I do think Again, I'd almost taken it on board that you like being on your own, but I was like, and again, not that it's not healthy. I don't think you're sat here, you know, it's weird to say it's not healthy. Staring out the window. Yeah. (laughs) But I think, you know, I could then see stress get to you quicker. I can see you lose your confidence and your, your kind of, you know, belief in yourself was threatened a little bit more than when you've gone out into environments where, and it could be absolutely anything. It can be like, we meet up with some friends and like I said, just you're playing football with the kids or, you know, you're having a beer with a few, few friends of with ours. The kids. <laughs> with the kids. Yeah. Like, well, I won't tell your mum. Yeah. <laughs> but I see you transform and because you're in a different, you're thinking in a different way, you know, yeah. like it, you're escaping the kind of usual stuff. And I just think that's really important. Finish your point. No, no, it is. It is. And I think, but also as well, it, for me, it comes back to that 
that that you know something that we've we've mentioned over and over again now and it's that that sense of purpose again like you know having a sense of purpose to what you're you're doing at that time be it something that's quite acute or something that's more long term and like going back to the the rugby it was like it wasn't just going up you know rocking up to rugby training and and the games there was that social element but for me i took pride in being able to play rugby at a certain level, you know, and I wanted to be fast. I wanted to be strong. You know, I wanted to be intimidated. So as a result, my training reflected that as well. So it was like my training had a purpose. And then because people, you know, like, you know, saw like the improvements that that I was making, they were like, oh, what are you doing in the gym? You know, like rugby mates. I want to do that as well. The next, you know, we're training together as well outside of that. And it's just this little knock on, this little knock-on effect. And I remember when I first stopped playing rugby, like, I was like, I don't know, I felt like my training lacked purpose for a while. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like, why am I training? Because there's no carryover to a sport here, but it kind of feels like, you know, I, you know, I need to do something obviously. And it took me a while to get into the groove of just training because I enjoyed training, Yeah, yeah. you know, and it, it was like, you know, but not having that sense of purpose. And it's the same with like, you know, your career, your job, what you yeah. do day to day. Like, do you just want to do anything that gets money in to pay the bills or do you want to do something where you feel like you're genuinely having an impact on on the world in a positive way and you're doing something that you enjoy and it's building your confidence, you're climbing a career ladder, whatever it may be. Yeah. And do you know what? Only you can answer that question because some people are happy living paycheck to paycheck, you know, or, or, or sorry, just happy to get a paycheck. Yeah. They don't really care what they're doing. And I know a few people like that. They're yeah, like, it's yeah. a job. I get the money. It allows me to live the life that I want to live. It's a bit shy, but it is what it is. Each to their own. That's, you know, it, you know. But also I'd say that that has affected you. You've almost had like a dual offensive from two things that have affected your health quite a lot. And again, because they would also link to how much whiskey you need to drink and how much ice cream you're eating and mm. how little motivation you have in the gym. And it's it's kind of it's that status. And and like you just said, like, where are you with your career right now? And, mm. and how, how kind of financially secure are you? And, yeah. and, and how can you demonstrate that accumulation of wealth, which I think sadly is a factor in our society. So yeah, yeah. you meet up with friends, they've got a new car, they've got a new Rolex, they've just booked a new holiday, they've bought a bigger house. And so there's yeah. this constant kind of, you know, you meet people and socialize with friends they could be school friends university friends and there'll be a trigger sometimes if you're not in a good place with this stuff if you've got financial worries that they trigger you mm. to feel worse about yourself and it can affect friendships in a way especially yeah. as one person's becoming more successful and kind of maybe like dripping in wealth it can affect you when you yeah. but equally <laughs> if you don't enjoy and love what you do and this is where we say we've got friends that are earning really well but hate it and they are also we would say like talking to them, we both identify like, God, they, look, they sound a bit depressed right now because mm-hmm. they're also trapped because they are the breadwinner for the family. And they're unable to change that because of the demands, financial demands of, of university fees, school fees, yeah, yeah. family, you know, and wife, whatever, or husband. And so they're trapped in a job that they don't like doing, don't feel they've got any sense of purpose or love their day to day, but you know, they've got the wealth and mm. things like that kind of all 
secure and, and, and locked in. And I think for you, you've moved between different phases of feeling like you're loving what you're doing, but there's high risk because it's it's running your own business. So yeah. from an entrepreneur's perspective, there's always more money to invest in cost of the business, venues, all that kind of yeah. stuff, equipment, whatever it might be. And there's also an element of instability because you know it's online and that's mm. always kind of a bit more riskier in some ways. And then you've also got the kind of comparison with peers or friends or whatever about you know how they're kind of earning a living and, yeah. and what they've accumulated as a result of that. And I think that affects men and women, but I think possibly just an observation is probably men slightly more because of that old fashioned, I should be the one that yeah. provides for everybody else kind of approach to it. And of course, that's that's not that's not how it should be. Because, you know, like you know, times have certainly changed quite a lot and, and rightly so. And equally as well, I think a lot of the the time men create that for themselves. You know, you've never once led me to believe that you want to be a stay at home. Yeah, no, no. You, like yeah, it's like, like a housewife. It's and, the pressure you'll take it on yourself. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, like I, I, you, you've done nothing to influence this. It's and almost I would say, this. what if I had a friend with a gardener? Not that we have a gardener. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you know like it's it is something that I've built up myself. Yeah, yeah. And why, how I don't know. Maybe it's just you know I don't know. Oh, men, what are we like? <laughs> no, I think it, it is that tradition. It's just that 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 kind of it is a very old fashioned societal yeah. kind of belief that men provide for the family. And, yeah, and, and, and partners. You know, like, and don't get me wrong. Like you know, my nan was an absolute grafter. You know, she had two jobs. She was working right up to the end. My you know my granddad had a job. Your mum did. My mum, yeah. of course, has always worked. Um, Your mum actually has always made sure she's financially independent. So oh, my mum's very, she's very. Had, yeah. She's actually kept her own independence and not shared. Or not relied on anyone. No, not at all. Like, you know, and I suppose you could argue that, you know, because obviously she raised me on a, you know, as a single mum, so she didn't really have a choice in in, in that respect, Um, certainly not early on. But I think, you know, like for me, it's like, you know, to anyone listening to this, whether you are a man, a woman, or, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a woman and you, you know, you want to share this with your husband or, or or anything like that. Like, I think, please, please do, because I think us fellas, you know, we do need to learn to be a bit more open and vocalise, you know, the things that are worrying us and stressing us out a little bit. And it's it's not weakness. It's not. And, and you know, don't get me wrong, I had to kind of like, you know, work through a lot of this myself because you do kind of have that little chat with yourself of like, but I've, I've, I'm a failure of, you know, like I've let Keris down, you know what I mean? So I can't, I can't possibly tell her this because it's almost admitting defeat. But then I mentioned before, like, you know, a, a friend that was like struggling and as a result, all they were doing was just putting more and more stuff on credit cards, getting loans, new credit cards, you know, accumulating even more debt which was already what their worry was, 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 was not having enough money. So it's like, well, let's get more debt that short term makes me feel like I've got money, but long term I haven't. Cause that just means I've got to pay even more money back and more no, money another back. Another really important factor in this though is, and I may have mentioned this before on the podcast, sorry if I have, but my dad was always very, uh, you know, he was a workaholic, very career focused and was climbing the career ladder. And then he went to a presentation on culture change in the workplace where they presented the stats on the risk of a heart attack yeah. if you did not retire at 55. And he said there and then he decided, okay, I've worked my backside off. 
yeah. why I'm going to retire at 55 because what's the point in doing all this stuff if I can't watch my kids grow up, can't see my grandkids, can't grow up with my wife? What is the point? And it's yeah. like it was like an absolute like epiphany for him at that point in time. And it's interesting because he then did actually have to declare that to his boss and it was in the middle of a kind of company takeover and ended up making him redundant at 54 <laughs> or 53, I think, because he wouldn't commit to going past 55. Yeah. So it ended up being something that meant that he had to then, he got made redundant and walked off the premise. So someone who's been a workaholic, strive for that status you yeah. know, all his life, gets walked off the premises and basically, you know, his career ended in a, in, in a second. But now he talks about it as an absolute blessing in disguise because what was the point of earning all that money if he couldn't actually kick back and enjoy it and retire? And he basically, him and my mum just went out to Portugal for a year. And since then, yeah. they've like traveled in their camper van and, you know, they now renovate houses and I have a go at them. There's still a bit of a like work ethic. Well, we actually them, said but... this morning, didn't we, that, you know, your, your dad's redundancy, as much as it was a bit of a like, whoa, was, was a, and like a massive blessing in disguise. I said that exact sentence. Did you? Yes. Did you really? Yes. I said it was a blessing oh, in disguise. Dear. Well, I was just reiterating your point because it was a very good one. Um, sorry, I don't know what I was about to say. Was. I don't know where I went. For, I think it is because you've told this story before. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was like, Hmm. But even the other day, we were talking about you're your dabbling with. Are you hungry? We were dabbling. Uh, you're, you're not dabbling. You're, you're you're doing some stocks and shares. And I was talking to my dad about it and saying like he used to do this. And I said, why don't you do it now? And he said, honestly, because I'd rather be out walking. Yeah. He's found like some amazing local walks at the end of lockdown, and he's he set himself a goal of walking five miles a day, and he absolutely loves it, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. He likes taking Hamish, and and he tells me like you know he's big into kind of bird spotting and things like that, looking at the wildlife, and, he, and he's like I've loved seeing the seasons change, and he said I would rather be there than at my laptop for hours. Like, what's the but, point? And you can get so carried away with this. Absolutely. And, he, and he's a, his goal was always just financial security. It was never like which which he's got. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and I think it, like and he did. Sorry, just finish. He did accumulate wealth and he did he wanted a portion. He treated himself. He's actually had to sell it because it hemorrhages money. Mm. <laughs> His main goal was financial security and to be able to put all of us through university. It wasn't yeah. like to be a millionaire or anything like that. Well, I always remember when, if, and if you don't mind me saying this, it's a bit late because you don't actually know what I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me saying this, but. Whisper it first. <laughs> We, I mean, well, we have openly said before that we couldn't have gotten the property ladder if it wasn't for your yeah, yeah. mum and dad. And I'll never forget when you're, you, you know, when they sat us down and your dad said, like, because this is at the time when we were living at my my mum's, we'd moved back into my mum's, hadn't we? And, Every time we um, had money, we'd just put it into the business, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that was fine. You know, we yeah. were we were happy, you know, like, and that's God's honest truth. Like, we were never like, oh, kill life so hard. Like, we were genuinely just felt incredibly grateful to have the opportunity to be able to move back in with my mum and save some money and this that, and the other it was when my parents came for a cup of tea though and saw the Pam Ranson poster on the wall and mum went you can't stay here Melinda Messenger <laughs> I'm joking <laughs> I'm it down then. what is this <laughs> So you know, when I said we stayed in Matt's childhood bedroom, like, <laughs> teenage, not childhood, te teenage, teenage, yeah, teenage bedroom, like <laughs> it's as it was. Hey, what um, posters are still up? But you know, they sat us down, and, and your, your dad said, like, look, we want to help you get on the property ladder. And I never forget, like, and I really felt for your dad because he turned around and said, we would like to give you an interest-free. Like, yeah, he'd never give me the money. <laughs> no, 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 that's Quite not right true. So. No, no, that's not true. That's not true. He said oh. he always wanted to give his children 
money to get onto the property ladder. That was his plan. Oh, okay. Oh, but then, I remember that bit. Yeah, I know I remember it because yeah, I think yeah. as a man, I remember him being almost apologetic oh. that he couldn't do that because he openly said, he just said, like, you know, some of my um, shares that I was in didn't do as well as I was hoping. I can't afford to give you that money, but I can give it to you as an interest-free loan. Yeah. And like I said, I remember him almost being apologetic. I remember thinking, are you insane? Like, the fact that, you know, to, to give us an interest-free loan is huge yeah. and like i said you know we would not be in this house that we're in right now growing up he never he, they, my parents never um gave us money it was always earned or loaned like and yeah. so when you're saying that i was thinking gosh i had actually forgotten that but normally all the way through our life he's always wanted us to try to work and achieve financial security yeah, on because he wants own, you to like so. learn you know i suppose about how it is in the yeah. real world and i can't remember why i was telling that story I was but, saying that he'd never aspired to have like yeah. a huge amount of wealth, but wanted security. Yeah. But what we were just also both saying was that this desire for financial security, it should be, I think what is important is it should be a team effort. It yeah. can't be that one person takes responsibility. No. The others aren't really even kind of playing their part because it's not just how much you're earning, it's what you're spending it on. And and at the sacrifice of well, everybody's happiness. I, I like to say it's just... It's not about how much you were, it's about how much you keep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. But at the sacrifice of someone's happiness, do you see what I mean? And I think there's also an idea to which we have got carried away with consumerism and, um, you know, we've got to pack our diaries full of kind of very expensive things. Yeah. And actually that lockdown has taught a lot of people there's so much stuff that we can be doing that does not cost the earth and is very environmentally friendly as well. Mm. Like we can tick a lot of boxes for the planet, our mental, emotional health, our financial health, and whoever's trying to bring in the bacon yeah. could get a little bit of sense of relief that we're not just like rinsing money left, right yeah, and centre. I think that's everybody's responsibility in the family and as if you have kids i think they should be also taught that and you know not expecting well, oh, you know, I'm not you, parents so when you mentioned them. earlier about like you know like i've been getting into like stocks and shares a little bit and this is on a very very small scale by the way it's got like 50p um, in bitcoin yeah, 20p yeah. in xrp yeah, got, <laughs> um gosh I, I haven't got anything in bitcoin it's far too expensive you know like it, for a long time it was almost kind of like we almost kind of almost had like an unofficial agreement that I stayed on top of the finances. You'd always kind of like buried your head in the sand with it a little bit, hadn't you? And I used to keep saying to you, like, Kerry, it's like you need to get involved with this a little bit more because heaven forbid, if anything happens to me, you know, you you don't know what the the online banking passwords are. No. You know, like, it's you, more you, that you I know. don't want to, like, and, and it is something I'm going to get better, right? It's more no, that no. I don't want to look at it on a daily basis because it moves around a lot when you run a business. It does. And it would affect my... But, but like which is fine yeah yeah i but, know i know but there needs to be like but but you know like when i whenever i like for example if i'm buying a new stock or or something like that i always put it past you don't i and i'm like look do you mind if i don't and you're like oh, i'll do whatever i trust you i'm like no 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 like <laughs> it can't be like that no, no. because in a way that makes it entirely my responsibility yeah, it goes wrong but that's the, what, that's, that's where yeah. my head's oh, at. <laughs> I see oh, I see what you're doing it's all making sense now but but it's like no this is our money yeah. you know what I mean so this is our risk and I think and this is a a huge point like if when you're in a relationship you're a team yeah. you know what I mean it's not like oh this is your responsibility this is my responsibility it's like everything is our responsibility the kids the house finances income expenditure etc cetera, etc cetera. and I think like the sooner we can get our heads around that that everything we do is a team and doing it together will always be 
easier and more manageable than trying to do it on your own. Yeah, yeah community. You know, exactly. And but I think this is, I think there's the other part of it that just to kind of bring it back to the men's health side of thing is that we talked about this morning, this is like, this is the kind of final point, point, but it's also, it's a big one. I think the other difference between men and women, and this is a physiological difference, is that from quite a young age, or we could say like it's a combination of society and our physiology, like from the Second World War onwards, like consumerism, especially from a beauty, weight loss, diet, body composition and kind of element has targeted women. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. So the minute women get, became consumers earning money after the Second World War, there was these huge kind of, well, this, this entire industry launched, told a woman how she should look and that beauty kind of topped everything. And, you know, that again is shifting in society and, and it's good with, with kind of positive social media change. But you can't deny that women, I almost, I think from a younger age, get a, a little bit more focused on, it kind of comes from a beauty aspect in that they want to lose weight, they want to look a certain way and they start looking at how to eat and how to exercise mm. and they start to and i think puberty so our physiology changes in puberty weight gain might occur we simply don't have the same metabolic function as men necessarily um from a level that you will always have more muscle mass than than men have more muscle mass than women and so what i'm trying to say here is that i think women kind of cotton on to i need to eat better and do some exercise at a very young age and make it part of their lifestyle and their you know, it becomes part of their daily routine and that men don't always go the same route. So men get very interested. Again, this is kind of major stereotyping, but men are interested probably more in sport and don't give a flip about kind of how many greens they're eating. Like I'd see that kind of quite commonly and women don't always give a, you know, a toss about how many vegetables they're eating. It's more of a weight loss. That's a driver for them even starting to eat better and eat more vegetables. It's nothing to do with antioxidants and disease protection. But I think I've also seen in, in, in men that kind of neglect of nutrition and sleep and exercise and maybe even things like meditation and timeout and stuff that women maybe kind of come to a bit sooner. And I think hormones keep women more accountable. But, but also like that again ties into, you know, and we've spoken about this before, like you often get surrounded by these, you know, quite successful entrepreneurs that are all about like, you know, stop making excuses, you know, like get four or five hours sleep, you know, like you've got all this extra time to work on your dreams and like hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like it's so easy to buy into it. It's like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, like how, how can I possibly moan about the position I'm in when I'm getting seven, eight hours sleep a night? Like, who do I think I am? Yeah. Like, yeah. and it's almost like you, you, you're almost like, surrounded by these people telling you that you know you've got to keep making sacrifices sacrifices to your 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 time your health in order to succeed and yeah. it's like no that's wrong and, and where does when does when do you define success you know exactly like, when have you got there and you can go to bed and have eight hours do that really yeah. but what i was gonna say is i think over decades it accumulates if, if you're just not eating a nutritious diet and i think men just tend to fall into that pattern a little bit more because from a body composition point of view they just don't need to so i've had like three or four guys in the last couple of weeks book in who are just eating anything one is actually was actually eating high amounts of processed refined foods to try to put weight on because he just couldn't keep the weight on and you know as a woman i'm like (laughs) 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 absolutely no insight or so sorry no idea about like vitamins and minerals and interestingly it develops like a number of digestive and immune system issues but diet was just so lacking in nutrition because it had been all about macros trying to keep calories in get the calories in try to build a bit of lean mass that type of stuff like couldn't you know just couldn't keep it on more than anything else and it's interesting that you just think at what point 
did you not expect your body to, uh, because mood health had plummeted as well. Yeah, and so yeah. I think it's really important to think about those elements where it's like some of the mental health issues and the low moods are coming from the fact that you could just be lacking a ton of, of really important nutrients. Mm-hmm. Maybe your digestive system's off, maybe your immune system's off. If you've got other symptoms going on, it's always worth checking in on that. And I think women get to this kind of position of like prioritizing health sooner, as I've said, because of possibly an interest through originally weight loss or possibly because their hormones start derailing. You simply can't get away with it as much as, as men can in terms of physiology. And yeah. that was my, that's how I got there. And then my hormones and my digestive system have kept me continually like, that just keep me accountable to yeah. it. I just can't ton of crap and drink a lot of alcohol, you know what I mean? But a lot of men can. Yeah. And then, you know, I only need to look at some food questionnaires and alcohol intake and lack of exercise or too much exercise. And it's so obvious for mm. me why the mood imbalances are there. Yeah. But no one's taught any of this stuff as well. No, and no. then, like I said, add in that they've got no friends and a ton of financial stress. And it's like, OK, yeah, here God. we are. So as much as I moan about being a woman and us having that more kind of it's harder for us to build strength and, and muscle mass. But this is the At reality. At least we get healthy like, quicker. We, we all, you know, man, woman, like we all have our we all have our battles, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, yeah. neither of us have got an easy, an easy Absolutely ride, you know, no, no, no. And, and they just, but they just what come in different shapes be? and form. If, if you could go back at the next time round, so know, you're, honestly, you're at the door again for round two, what would you pick? Uh, no, do you know what? I just, uh, I'm, I'm happy being me. Yeah, but so round two, you go for be, be me again, again, would you? Yeah. Stay with what you know. I'll do it all again. And I think that's the key is like having like, I think sometimes, you know, it's easy to go down these routes of like, and you know, like I said, I've been there. I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. All these like regrets about decisions I made and, and, and whatnot. But you know what? Like I made those decisions that, that seemed like the right decision at the time. Hindsight is twenty twenty. after all, yeah, yeah. you know, and, but this is life, you know, like we're going to, we're going to make good decisions. We're going to make stupid decisions and hopefully We'll learn along the way, and that and that's the that's the ultimate goal. And can I tell you about? There's a, a really good book you should all listen to. Women will find it more interesting than men, but it's called Girls Will Be Girls, and you can listen to it on Audible if you want to, so you, can, you don't have to read it. But she explores gender identity, and I can't think of the, the woman's name. But she was famous for being on this morning and showing that she not she doesn't shave her armpit hair, right. and so. Uh, her kind of saying is get your pits out for the lads right. <laughs> she's kind of like breaking the gender norm she's very funny I just can't remember her name anyway in her book when she was a teenager she was saying about how you know as a girl there's all these expectations of you as you get older to become sexier and sexier and like she remembers how her Halloween outfits went from being like quite simple and innocent to suddenly like dressing up as a, a devil and putting the hot pants on yeah, or, the fishnet or, or, tights or a cat, cat woman yeah basically yeah. Levels, yeah she's like suddenly why have I got this pressure to become like a sexy Halloween dresser upper anyway she does this experiment one year for Halloween and dressed up as a man and goes out instead and it's a really interesting kind of story because she goes to a nightclub and people can't tell that it's a girl wow and she goes in the men's toilets and all sorts of stuff. But she picks up on a few things that like negatives about being a man. A man. And she's like, other men were kind of like staring at me on the dance. She's dancing with her normal mates. Yeah. But other blokes are giving her the like evil eye because they want in on the girls and stuff. So she's like, God, it's like quite intimidating being a man. Like other men try to, again, like peacock you, like I was saying yeah. to you, try to, you know, threaten you in some ways, but just with their body language and their looks. 
But then she actually starts, she's dancing like a bloke and pulling it off, but then she decides sod it and dances like a girl. And she almost brings the dance floor to a standstill because then everyone's like, look at this bloke. And she's like, another downside of being a man, like you're, you're limited with your, your hips and your dancing. Like yeah. you should be able to just like let loose. And there's a woman like, that's what we can do. It's just really interesting, but yeah. So what's it called again? Girls will be girls. Because I remember you telling me like there were snippets from the book and stuff, and I was like, like, I was like, that sounds really good. To be fair, but yeah, I think you know, for me, I just think we need to be more open, you know, with our partners, with our friends, eat more vegetables, and and also be, <laughs> but also be more available for them as well. Because you know what, like I remember when, like you know, this is going back some now, and we mentioned this like in the past. Can you be more open-minded or? Like- no, like I mean, because because I always say this, don't I? Like it's all you know. With that, like I've always said, like there's that saying, you know, like you know, surround yourself with the best people, but equally, like you need to be that for other people as well. Like it works both ways. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when everyone's always saying, like you are the, you you know, you are the 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 five people that you surround yourself with yeah, type yeah. thing, but then it applies to you as well. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, otherwise it becomes very selfish. You know, I need to surround myself with the best people. You know, I, I, I need, I, need, I expect this of everyone else around me, but, but yeah. what about you, what you bring into the table type thing? And cause I just think like, it's one thing you reaching out to someone for you, right? I see. but you've also got to be able to go, well, actually, are you all right? Like, how are you? What's going on yeah, in your world? Yeah. Oh, I think so. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like when you were saying about the social side of things. It's like you weren't necessarily reaching out and checking in on your mates, were you? No, you no. Know? So but, but and that's the thing. It's like they you know, weren't on you either. Do you know what I mean? It's like you know, like it's almost like devil's advocate. Oh, you yeah. know, I've not really got any friends. Like, well, when was the last time you reached out to any pals to go for a beer? And you're like, uh, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I remember when, like, and again, and it shouldn't necessarily be this way, but but years ago when you had a false two false positives on a pregnancy test very bizarre time because you had there were surefire signs that you were pregnant weren't there yeah, yeah. and then you had the positive test and we were like well that explains a lot of things and then you had another test positive and we were like hey and you know i remember being over the moon and and, and stuff and probably got a little bit too excited and and i told my my mom and i told my best mate but interestingly like when we did find out they were it obviously must just have been a duff packet and you know they were false positives but i remember when i told i told my mum and i I told my best mate that it was a false positive and actually weren't pregnant at all but i remember their response not being what i was hoping for and i and and to this day i often think like did i not make it apparent enough how kind of heartbroken i actually was or did they just kind of brush it off? Because in their head, it was like, well, it's no big deal. There was no baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's there's nothing to be upset about. It's yeah. just one of those things type thing. And, and, you know, on the one hand, it is that, that is the case. You know, like we didn't actually lose a, a baby, like him forbid. You yeah. know what I mean? Of course, that's going to be a hell of a lot worse. But I remember thinking, I remember feeling a bit silly for being as upset as I was. Oh, no. Because of their reaction. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, you shouldn't. And I think like... I think that comes down to also being... In a really difficult situation when someone you think should know you has known you all your life, which your mum has and, you know, your best oldest best friend has, that I suppose you feel like they should know you better. Yeah. And therefore, because you know how it would be in the, in the she was on the other foot type thing. Yeah. And what yeah. your reaction would be and your actions would be. Well, I said to you this morning, didn't I, that, but like I, I've always felt like I'm quite, I feel, I feel like I've always had quite a lot of empathy. Yeah. Like even from a young age, I've been, you know, I feel like I've always been very considerate to other people's feelings and things like that. 
but I feel that I've got even better at it. The older I've got, the more I've worked. Cause you know, I am in a, a people facing business, you know, I interact yeah. with a lot of people at different stages of their lives. And, and I kind of see all these different battles, all these different struggles as a result, I'm, I'm much more, I have much more empathy, which I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for. And I always try and think of the other person now, like even when people piss me off as well, I'm a bit like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Why are they acting that way? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's almost like you have to, you, it, you backtrack a little bit and you go, well, actually maybe, you know, there, there's reasons as to why they did what they did or they acted in the, or they responded in the way that they did yeah. at that moment type thing. But, but I think going back to what I just said there, like I was almost, I felt a bit silly and felt like maybe it was I overreacting. Was I, you know, you know, being hypersensitive to the situation, but I think this is the problem. I think sometimes if a, if a man, you know, let's just keep it on the fellas does develop the courage to speak up, how that person responds is also quite a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Just see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because if I ever opened up to you about finances and you just turned around and said, get your shit together, Matt, Tracy's husband doesn't have this problem. <laughs> uh, like, Which I would never say. You, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But but my, my point is, is that some might look at that and say it's a bit of tough love. Get on with what, it. What, the one of the points you're also making here is that it's not always the person's fault for being a closed book, but because when they have tried to open up and verbalize their feelings yeah. the reaction hasn't really helped them anymore so they've yeah. learned that lesson the hard way don't bother keep it in but then it does fester yeah. and like we just said it can create behavior change disease even depressive thoughts because exactly. it's festering inside and i think i totally agree with you in that on a few occasions recently i've like been around friends where i've been in maybe kind of a bad situation like with my house or something like that and they've said something or i've said something and their response has been so lacking in empathy and it's actually not about illness or anything like that but just sometimes a criticism about oh you know maybe you should just close down your businesses then it's clearly not working for you do you know what yeah. I mean it's something where it's like do you not yeah. understand the identity crisis I'm already going through right now and yeah. you've just said that like it means nothing and, yeah yeah and you know we both commented on our parents can have that ability to sometimes they've got our best interests at heart <laughs> but they can say something just that, get a job <laughs> yeah, or, or the best one just get a proper job yeah yeah <laughs> You know, like, stop fucking about on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> but it is, you know, and then you end up thinking, I'm not going to talk to you again about yeah. this because you don't understand anything about where I'm coming from and how and what I might need to hear right now and just work through this. And in some ways, it's why people end up going to something a little bit more, arguably formal, like a talking therapy. Mm. To be able to work through it in a non-judgmental way. And sure. you know, sometimes your nearest and dearest are not the right people for that. And we should keep the, the conversation lines open with partners all the time, yeah. but they're not necessarily the right person to flesh out your own existential crisis or whatever mm. it might be. There you go. I use that word, existential. Uh, you know, as in like, you don't know why you're here, sense of purpose, all that kind of stuff. Maybe it's too close to home to talk to your partner who's also thinking, but this impl- it, this has massive implications yeah. for me, you know, and, and how much I work but, and spend as I well. Mean, but there is something to be said for a bit of tough love because we have that with each other sometimes, don't we? Like sometimes we'll be, I don't know, just be very negative i guess but also you know quite negative about ourselves and just kind of like talking ourselves down and then it takes one of us to almost be like look shut the fuck up for a second yeah, yeah. because you're, you're in, just you're, in a spiral. you're just going off on one now yeah, yeah. and you're you're not doing yourself or any or, or anyone else any favors like stop it 
yeah. you know, let's reframe this, but let's reframe it together. Like rather than just going, oh, you've been stupid, shut up. Like it's it's almost like stop them in their tracks, even though they are being stupid and they're just going off on one, but like make that clear. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, right, let's let's reframe this. How can we how can we pivot this 180 and make the rest of the day better than how it started yeah. for whatever reason? Do you know what I mean? And and I think that's the key. It's like, you know, you've got to you need to open up, you need to communicate. But if someone doesn't respond the way you want, and, and now like, you know, like looking back, I'm a bit like, oh, I need to make that known as well. And saying like, look, I didn't want you to just kind of tell me that everything was going to be okay. But equally, you know, I don't expect you to just kind of like almost brush off what I've said. You know, I've opened up to you, you know, make it maybe more apparent that, you know, something has got to you or something is on your mind or is affecting you or has been affecting you for some time. You know what I mean? Rather than kind of just leaving it there, you know what I mean? Being yeah, like, yeah. oh, that wasn't the response I was expecting. Oh, actually, maybe, maybe I overreacted. Maybe, and, and do maybe, you know, do you see what I mean? Like maybe I'm being silly. And, and do you know what? Sometimes I think women are very good at actually talking between each other, uh, you know, in, in friendship groups about mm. this stuff. I think there's less, don't get me wrong, some of my friends, there is a lot of certain groups I'll hang with as judgment. And so I kind of know what and when. Yeah, what and when I would like to talk yeah. about but remember when I fell ill there were certain people that just came out of nowhere yeah, were just yeah. like angels to me and I set up a group called Nourishing Natter and we'd meet for coffee and we still do if we can lockdown scuppered it but you know we still meet in smaller groups and it was because that when we met it was just all about support for each other we all talked mm. about our battles we were all different some of them have like children some of them were having like kind of career stuff going on some of them were having you know you know relationship stuff going on but we all kind of spoke from just a really honest place and everybody listened and offered like a little bit of advice. Nobody judged. And, and it was, and it still is, you know, a group that I'll just always cherish. And, and I have school friends, university friends, you know what you're talking about, but there's all sort always like, we're all very different now. We're yeah, very different places. And I think because we don't have kids I'm, for many of those groups, I'm different again. And they look at me and think, well, you know, she's all right. She gets to go to the gym. She's always out. Mm. You know, she's always been career wise. She can do what she likes. She's got no responsibility. Yeah. They think it's amazing, but they don't know the, the, the actual reality oh. of the situation. So they just think I'm off kind of like leading my best life. And then I suppose that's the key in it. Just don't, don't assume anything but what does yeah, it say that anything, i'm not sure yeah. that, that men have that same conversations between themselves you know again no. if it's not related to and i'm stereotyping massively but like sports fitness like the typical kind of conversations that are kind of maybe generic to to when you hook up with your mates and and maybe it is time that you had some honest conversations and and kind of like you know, just, just said, do you mind if I kind of bounce a bit of stuff off you here because I'm really struggling and what would you do in my position? And if you don't have that with those friends, yeah. and I think it's quite normal to not have it with your 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 schoolmates, your gym mates, your uni mates, but to, you know, try and find some people that you can talk to that, to, talk to about that kind of stuff. And it does mean go out your comfort zone and try and maybe make some new friendships. And yeah. all of mine have come through, you know, usually kind of gyms or yoga studios or going on courses to upskill myself where I've met other people that are learning and training. I was going to say, my, my thing at the moment, the minute is like, you know, like CrossFit, yeah, yeah. like CrossFit has been amazing for me in, in that respect because it kind of feels similar to my rugby days, you know, yeah, because yeah. there is that, obviously we're all, we're all into the same thing. There is that social element, like you see them quite often yeah, and it's like, I don't know. It's, it's been it's been great, and it's one of those things I'd like. I wish I did, wish I did it sooner. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And 
Whether ah. you, and it's never at one point they're making the book. Um, it's never too late. No, no, agree. So you need to start thinking if you're, you know, what we're saying, like everyone kind of doing the maths on, oh gosh, you know, this is bad, that's bad. How long have I got left? It's just never too late. And when you're talking about kind of career and sense of identity, you know, we constantly read this online about how many people started cool stuff when they were 50. But I genuinely feel like with every year, you get to know yourself better, mm. get to understand yourself better, not be kind of led down the pathway of you know comparing and, and losing your self-esteem and sense of identity watching yeah. others it does get a lot easier you know all of us probably just step out of comfort zone maybe and and reach out and join groups and make friends and, and do things that you know we kind of got to go back to our school days and, yeah and what does it matter if someone says no or they turn out to be a little bit weird or you know but that's that, i suppose that's a big part of it isn't it it's being able to kind of take ownership of the situation and go do you know what i reached out to so and so a couple of times they now probably think i'm a bit of a weirdo because you know i've asked them out for a pint or a coffee or whatever and they clearly don't want to and you've also got to be able to go oh well i tried you know what I mean? Rather than it going like, oh, do they think I'm weird now? Do they think like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, do they think I fancy him? Yeah. <laughs> like, right, I just got to finish on. We had this really no, no, new, I want to finish. This really no, unusual... no, let me finish. I want to, I want to do the finishing. <laughs> you can finish. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Go on. We had this really unusual situation. I only say it's unusual just to prove the difference between men and women. How many people have we met through Hamish? Like a lot, oh. and loads. But you get to meet the same people, and some have become friends that we actually yeah. go for dinner and drinks with, and some are just people that we meet every day and have a chat with, but it's still quite nice and, and catch up. But the other day, a man kind of stopped in his tracks, and Hamish and his dog started playing together, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. And he went out of his way to go, I don't see, you know, I, I live nearby, but I've never seen you two. What do you do? Where are you? And then it almost got to a point where, like, I needed a wee. So I was like, mm. okay, it's been lovely. It's about 40 minutes chat. Yeah, yeah. And I said to you, never has a young man, and he basically then asked for your number, didn't he? And, and well, no, I actually asked for number. his, to be fair. Oh, did you? Yeah, he, yeah. he was like, we should hook up, we should hook up. Well, I, I um, thought to myself, like, you know what? Like, we've been having a lot of these conversations lately. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I can't keep, again, talking about, oh, it's really hard to meet people. And I thought, this is the perfect opportunity because we did have things in common. Yeah, you know, yeah. he, was a, he was a business owner. Both had dogs. You know, he was of a similar age. He was into the gym. And I just said, let's hook up. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we exchange numbers and we've already been on chat on like WhatsApp. It's like, okay, cool. Do you know what? It might be nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We might. It was nice, but it was a very unusual situation for yeah, a, because it's because rare. He, Yeah, because he was very kind of like, I'm, I'm going to talk for about, you know, as long as you want here. Well, it started well, as a bit people... of a, an on passing. The dogs liked each other. Like, oh, you know, what breed yours? Blah, blah, blah. And then we started actually going our separate ways. And all of a sudden, he turned around and said something. We just kind of gradually started walking towards each other again. Yeah, yeah, and next, you know, we're in a full-blown conversation. And But again, it, it was quite refreshing, to be honest. Yeah, it was, yeah. But the thing I wanted to finish on, and it was you planted the seed of this, like saying it's never too late. And I think that's so, so true on so many levels. And I think that often men, women, whatever, a lot of the regrets we have are based on the limitations that we place on ourselves because whether that's through learned behavior or 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 what but we need Society's to change that expectations you know, of what you do at what exactly age. you know yeah, you know yeah. by this age you should have met someone by this age you should have your own house then you should have been married you have kids at this age and you know by this age you should have life figured out and be financially sorted and no problems yada 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 the list goes on and you know i was the same i'm going to be a millionaire by the time i'm 30 <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't happen. Um, but again, you know, like you, you place these big, you know, it's, it's all well and good having these big lofty goals, 
But by the time I was 30, I probably thought I'd be married. I probably thought I'd have kids. You know, my, my best mate was married and had kids by the time he was 30 and, and all of that. And it's like, yeah, but you know what? That's him. This yeah. is me. This is my life. And this is where I'm at right now. And could I have made some decisions that would, would have changed my position? Now? Yeah, probably. But again, hindsight 2020. And I just think now, you know, like, I mean, I'm on another level at the moment in my mind, you know, and I spoke about this on the last episode. I'm on like this real kind of like this new path in my head. And I feel so much better about myself, about the future, you know, and the, and, and the day-to-day kind of like sense of purpose that I have in what I do. And it's a lovely feeling. And I'm kind of like doing my best to keep this up. And I'm sure it will waver at some point and you might give me a little bit of a nudge and be like, What's it, what about one to that new path you're on? Yeah, you know, yeah. get back on it type thing. Make you sign up to another 24 hour fitness challenge and then yeah, yeah. smash it and go, yeah, but again, yeah, you know, actually, like we all, we, all, we, all, we all have different <laughs> triggers, don't we? Yeah, yeah. You know, for, for, for good and bad. And, but what I was going to say was, is like a big thing that I've been trying to do with like our Fit365 members is like, have your long term goals, fantastic. But what could you achieve in the next five months, you know, with what's left of 2021? If you really put your mind to it, you could probably achieve some really epic things. If financial stress is one of those things, could we put an extra 200 quid a month away? In five months, that's an extra grand, bosh, you know, to pay off a credit card or whatever. Yeah. Who's that one you, you follow, by the way, on Instagram? Is it my frugal year or something? I think we mentioned it before. Yeah, my frugal year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, she's been, she, loads of tips on saving. But money. again, you know, she was great because she was like somebody like really verbalized, like you know, just what comes with having debt. Yeah. And this constant pressure to pay that debt off and and whatever it may be. And but what I'm trying to say is, is like whether you're 35 like me, 45, 50, whatever. Like, let's stop putting numbers on things. Let's stop l- l- limiting ourselves based on what society has led us to believe we should achieve by a certain age, because we are all different. And, and I think the sooner we can get ahead around that, the sooner we can, I suppose, get a new lease of life. I was going to say the other other thing I'd say is that sometimes the financial stress, social isolation, the things that we've talked about, just to kind of bring it back to to men's health, when you know things are wrong, you know, even kind of that that kind of mental, emotional imbalances, they're like festering wounds. They're like infections Mm. that are just kind of like kindling away inside you and meaning that, that you can never truly be happy in the moment when it's something's good you can't really appreciate it when you know and and you kind of do go along almost like in this like sense of numbness because there's always something drawing you back to the negative that it's it's in the back of your mind and both you and I have had our moments with that where again we will like verbalize it to each other but this is really something that I'm struggling with right now and I can't shake it and we've always said in the game changer is is doing something about it so like you said if it is finances imagine how it will feel to sit down put a plan in place spread sheets whatever it is that you need to do if it is more about isolation imagine if you like say i'm going to do these things even like we just said joining gyms going on courses you will meet people but you'll also do things learn new skills that will give you more self-esteem the process of doing is going to be what will then teach you more about where you need to go next. So you don't need to plan, like you said, the next 20 years of your life, but you do need to make change now to start to learn a bit more about where you should be going in future. And I think, again, just to bring it back, it's, it's, it's that many, much of this stuff affects men more because this simply isn't talked about or, you know, essentially that it's just not there in terms of the information available. And hopefully schools will teach this. It's definitely changing. It's definitely changing for sure. But, you know, I just think it needs to happen a bit quicker. 
Good. That's a long one. I don't know how it was a long one. Yeah, we've actually. Um, I hope the sound was all right today, guys, because we actually recorded it um, on a different device because our other one wasn't playing ball. But this one doesn't have the little clock there telling us how long we've been going on for. So this could be a big one. But hopefully you've enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, but guys, big big love. Thank you so much for listening. I think uh, we've spoken about men's health, but I think it's been definitely been much more so geared towards uh, mental health. But we can't deny this is a huge part of health overall so rightly so i say yeah as always guys if you've enjoyed this episode please do share with anyone else you think would 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 benefit and if you haven't left us a review already what are you playing at <laughs> get involved apparently it helps people to find the podcast more you if you leave a review yeah so really we really appreciate it thanks so much guys and we'll see you at the next one Bye-bye. laters